It's another week of casual tutors. Yeah. Intro. I, I, I'm I'm Doug. Do I get to go first? I'm so confused. What are, what are we doing? The intro. <laughs> you're you're Kyle, Kyle. Matt, how about you? Who are you? But Matt didn't Matt, Matt still... didn't say I'm Matt. I did. He, I, no, he did not. He, I said, hey everyone, I'm Matt. Oh, dude, he did. You said, hey, everyone, I'm Matt, and we're the casual tutors. The last thing you said was casual tutors. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I reversed it this week. You know, well, I that's think this so is our confusing. Best intro that we've ever done. <laughs> I love this intro. It's staying. Uh, is this a power creeped intro? That's the question that we need Kyle to ask. Kyle still right also now. hasn't technically introduced himself. <laughs> no, but somebody else introduced me. Yeah, we all know who Kyle is. Kyle, why don't you introduce the topic? Just just throw Matt off his game. We're talking about power creep, and we're talking about how it's really not that bad of a thing. Oh, I, I fucking hate it already. I had a whole thing. Anyways. Yeah, I, I think Matt was going to be much more negative about this, but we're trying to turn a positive leaf here, so we're going to go with Kyle's interpretation of what yeah. we're talking about today, which is that power creep is fine. There's nothing wrong, uh, and anyone that thinks that there is is obviously just a spoiler sport. Matt, opinions. I- I was just trying to make this mysterious and say the inevitability of Magic the Gathering. And no. No. We're going to be positive. Okay. No mysterious. Got it. Anyways. Okay. How about this? If you want your negativity, Matt, why do you want Magic the Gathering to become Yu-Gi-Oh? It would be cheaper. <laughs> well, that's probably, yeah. All right. I, don't, I don't know that, but that's probably true. <laughs> there, There's the episode, everyone. Magic the Gathering becomes Yu-Gi-Oh is cheaper done yeah i mean it seems all positive to me i think kyle's got something going on here it's part of the trend i fixed magic <laughs> just make it a weirder more difficult game oh wow okay anyways so, oh, okay matt's gonna take this over go ahead matt anyways we're gonna talk this week about the inevitability of power creep whether it's player base expectation power creep or just kind of natural power creep as play space become well not play space design space becomes more limited or you know different developers come in ideas stagnate not saying that they are stagnating but you know eventually shit's gonna run out and we're gonna be right back to how do we make magic fun again so i'd like to start by disagreeing with matt i know that's a new and and unexplored branch of the podcast here uh but i don't think that power creep is inevitable at all i think it's a choice that has been made for greed reasons and i say that specifically because we've made a lot of choices over the history of magic to make certain things better than others right now creatures are way way better than answers is essentially the dynamic we're seeing currently um but in general you know there there used to be kind of rules and they were loosely adhered to and yeah, there was they got a little bit better and a little bit better, but other things got worse at the same time, which is different than how it feels lately. Lately, it feels like everything everywhere is just kind of getting better all the time, and the answer's not hard to figure out. It's if we print good cards, people buy them. That's pretty much the end-all be-all of it. So would you say the general power of magic is creeping up? It is, but I again, I don't think that's an inevitable thing. I think it's just a choice that is being made now, probably not even by the designers themselves, but by Hasbro, if I could assign blame. I mean, I want to disagree, but I also don't think that's something that is a choice that will ever not be made, especially if it means, you know, we're making these choices that make sets more powerful, more desirable, so they sell more. And, you know, 
that's kind of going to be something that sticks around with every business forever. So Kyle, it seems like me and Matt are at least on the same page as power creep is happening. You're in a slightly different, but parallel page of power creep is happening, but it's not that bad. Could, could you explain that for me? Um, <clears throat> uh, so I don't mean not that bad as in it's not really happening that much. I mean, not that bad as in, I don't think the game would be that interesting if we didn't have power creep. There's a reason why most, why magic, the gathering is the most popular game on the planet, right? There's a reason why it's definitely, if not that it's definitely the most popular trading card game. Um, I have heard uh, now, don't get me wrong. I know nothing about Yu-Gi-Oh to bring this back, but I've heard Yu-Gi-Oh is one of the few that actually you can play with like the original cards and they play on a similar level as newer printed cards. And I guess magic kind of works like that. See, this is the thing that's really, that's really hard for me, right? Is because we still play with cards that were made 20 years ago and they're still incredibly powerful. I mean, the power nine were printed 30 years ago, right? So um, I think the general statement that most people respond to that with is, yeah, we played with a whole bunch of cards from 20 years ago, but almost every single one of those cards was a mistake and is admitted as a mistake by the designers. And that's true, but have we gotten to that point yet? Where people have said those cards are a mistake? No, yes. where we're printing oh. cards that are on that same level, where we're printing cards I mean, that are to the level of them saying this card was a mistake. Outside of formats like Legacy, especially thinking of like wider magic where Commander is the most popular format now, I don't see that many cards that are that old very often anymore outside of demonic consultation combo. I think that's the distinction though, is yes, a lot of these original cards were mistakes. That's why a lot of them are just straight up banned in literally every format other mm -hmm. than I, what is the, the everything is cool, but possibly restricted format. I forget what it's called. It's vintage. not legacy. It's the other one. Vintage. Thank you. Uh, other than vintage, obviously, but you know what, is the difference now is we used to design around standard and then standard became part of modern uh, slash extended is what used to be called back in the day. Uh, and that was kind of how it happened is the mistakes that, that broke standard just became extended slash modern staples. But now we skip all that and we design straight for modern slash commander. So everything has to play at that level. And the only way that they found to make real money on that is to make stuff that is just so busted that you have to play it even in those more advanced sets that have a much, much larger card pool to play with. So yes, there are cards that we are printing straight out of the box that people are saying, Hey, this is a mistake immediately. That's been said about arcane signet. That's been said about jeweled Lotus. That's been said about dockside extortionist. That's been said about the entire cycle of free commander, uh, counter spells. Cause those are the ones that see the play. You know, the, the, the designers have come straight up and said, yeah, that was a mistake. And not at the standard level, but at the vintage level of, okay, these were immediately a problem in the commander level, obviously. Eternal formats is what I'm talking about. I can see that. But one, we haven't seen the bands. I mean, not on all of them, on some of them. The other thing is, I really, for these being such a big problem, I really don't see them that much. And when you do, I think... I don't know. I think it's hard with this playgroup here because I think they're... Mm, how do I say this? Mm. Mm. Yes, how do you say this, Kyle? <laughs> Kyle about to offend some listeners. Let's go, Kyle. I just... They're all some, great people. Some things, like Dockside Extortionist, 
and orcish bowmasters are not good in this playgroup. And there's a reason for that. That's a, uh, that's some vague booking. If I've ever heard it, <laughs> I, I, I they all have beautiful hair. They're I mean, great people. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? If you're playing in a casual play group, a very casual play group that is sure. not, not playing these powerful decks, right? And they're not drawing six cards a turn. Then your orcish bowmasters is still good, but it's not why you're playing it. You're not playing it to get one ping and an army. Kyle is complaining that his broken cards aren't broken enough. No, I'm complaining that people's decks aren't good enough to play the broken <laughs> cards against. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Though. Make I, your deck trigger everything, and you're good. So, Which, Kyle, I, I have I, you've stumbled into why I sort of pseudo agree with you, and that is that power creep kind of isn't that bad in commander specifically because commander groups tend to self-regulate if they have mm-hmm. any if if they have any social consciousness whatsoever. So yeah, you're, you're completely right. The, the one ring orcish bowmasters, dockside extortionist, blah, 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 blah. There's a whole bunch of cards. There's also a whole bunch of old cards that are still broken that you don't see in commander that much anymore. Well, and there's a bunch uh, that you do too. Uh, like, sure. like thinking about the fact that we don't see old cards. I mean, that's just flat out. Not true. That's just, Blatantly I'm not talking true. about specifically overpowered ones. Uh, so, uh, I, for instance, I'm writing an entire article on Splinter Ten Twin right now. By the time this podcast comes out, it should be out. Uh, so, Splinter Twin, an extremely powerful card. It's banned in modern. Uh, you don't see it very much. But and what about? Partially, that's because you have to build the whole deck around it. The you know, most it is, powerful card, Dark Ritual. I mean, you see that very often in decks that are playing black and CDH. Right, that's what I'm saying. You see it very often. In one particular subset of the format, yes. I mean, I play it in my Brixis Orc Army deck. Yeah, and it's yeah but you're a tryhard. <laughs> Dark Ritual? Why wouldn't you play Dark Ritual? They're what, uh, like I mean, a lot three of, cents? A lot, of people don't for, for, a lot of people don't for several reasons. And I'd say number one on that list is because they feel like it is too powerful and not in an entertaining way. Dark Ritual is essentially a card slot that says I am trying hard to, okay, be, uh, to be on Matt's team. There, this uh, is my actually, exact problem with the power creep argument. Mm-hmm. Is I hate the this card is too good to play argument. I I hate it. Just just play I, the I good cards, say, especially if a card yeah. has been reprinted into the dirt. There's no reason not to play it. It's a game. They're printing these into existence. Play the card. Now, if you came into a, let's see, like, I don't know. If we came into, we're playing Popper Commander, and I'm playing the Dark Rituals because I can. Okay, I can see that. Or if you're trying to put some kind of... place that I would want to play it on. I was going to say, that's the acceptable place for it. (laughs) See, but why is that? That doesn't make any sense to me. You're already handicapped so much by having to be playing popper rules so make it so less well fun by play one getting rid of handicaps to to go back to your point kyle i don't think that dark ritual is too powerful to play i think it's not interesting enough to play it takes up a slot for a more interesting card in my deck and at low power and mid power decks that's really the trade-off in my mind it's not hey, I'm trying to purposely hamstring my deck. It's I'm trying to play a more interesting deck that I'm not going to be able to play anywhere else. I'm, That's what Commander is to me at the lower power levels, is, is the only place left in Magic where you can play 
cards that are less powerful because they're fun or more interesting to you or thematic for your deck. I will say, I, I, w- I will say in your guys' defense, uh, this is also coming from me who a couple of weeks ago told you I was looking into legacy because commander is starting to become boring for me. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I think, I mean, I think a big part of it is playing outside of the regular play group or, or at least voicing my wants to the play group. Cause I know there are a couple of people here that have higher powered decks, but yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but I try every couple of years. I have to do this thing where I, I take salty cards out of my deck and I try to desalt them and I just get right back to it. I just, <laughs> I, I mean, here's the thing is I'm kind of, I mean, to the I've point. seen you, I've seen you do this. You had a Tano's deck that was a, it was a terror and it, it looked fun as hell to play. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, just triggers on triggers and just, you were kind of avoiding infinite combos, but it still was just doing as much as it could. And I've seen you do that and then have the play group be like, hey, man, this thing's kind of a menace and not let you play it uh, because they didn't have anything you could keep up. And I, I know that that sucks. Like I have I've had decks like that before where I've been like, oh, this is not really what I want to do for this play group, you know, so I, I understand that. And here's here's kind of a separate argument um, that is also my problem with power creep is price point. Is that the biggest problem I probably have with power creep is that power creep a lot of times we see these cards get printed at like the when Shieldred came out was what sixty dollars a Shieldred or something like that. Um yeah, I think there's another one of those even in the newest set. Yeah, that I absolutely hate because the thing is is I want to play high powered. I want to play with these cards that I have, and I want people to be able to build decks that are going to play at that level and Price is obviously the biggest gate, right? That's the biggest gate for people being able to play at that level. And I think that's a big issue with power creep is I think power creep invites those price points, but also cardboard shouldn't cost this much. And that's another problem that Watsy should deal with or somebody should. No, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Stuff is too expensive. And this is where I was talking about power creep. It's I don't mind power creep so much if it's at like common and uncommon, but uh, seems like someone's designing it to always be at mythic. There's the one ring and Orcish Bowmaster, which I think is rare, not mythic, but still. Uh, Agatha's Soul Cauldron is the card I was talking about it, out of the new set that is kind of the chase mythic, and it's $32 right now. There's a ton of that, and I, I dislike and have disliked since I started playing this game that you have to get, go after these chase cards that are out there to be competitive in any of the formats. It's why I stopped playing standard and construct 60 card constructed in general is because when I started, you used to be able to play like a monocolored aggro or tempo deck that would be able to keep up more or less with the standard environment. It might not be the tier one deck, but it would be on the list. And that doesn't exist anymore those cheap little $20 decks to play 60 card don't, don't exist anymore because wizards realized that they could start printing lands as rares at $40 a pop. And they've been doing it ever since. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So what you're telling me is the wizards of the coast that everyone on Reddit says has no idea how to balance anything somehow knows how to make the perfect chase mythics every time. Weird. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, 
I don't think I would ever be in the corner of Reddit doesn't, you know, Reddit knows what they're talking about. They're a great resource. That's about it. I was being facetious. I know you were. I'm just saying they're a great resource that comes with death threats. Who doesn't want that? Now that's, (laughs) I mean, that's a good point too, really, if you think about it, because now I guess it's still power creep, but really when you look at the whole scheme of things, right, there's only a handful of cards. I mean, maybe one or two in a set that really have that power creep, right? Because it's not, it's not really a chase if every card in the set was super good, super expensive. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people don't care about like, uh, when we were talking about how to set up this episode, uh, Matt mentioned the divination replacement. That is exactly the same thing. It's three mana to draw two cards for exactly the same mana cost, except for it's an instant instead of a sorcery. Uh, I don't remember what the name of that card is, but like no one's banging down doors upset about that. Same thing happened with Naturalize. Naturalize became, I don't even remember what the new card is, but instead of it being Destroy Target Enchantment or uh, Artifact, now it's Destroy Target Artifact Enchantment or I believe Shuffle Target Player's Library or uh, Exile Cards from the Graveyard. I forget which it is. Uh, But, you know, that's just a straight up better card. And nobody's really knocking down the door upset about those. For the most part, those decisions that common and uncommon seem to be made very carefully not to blow things out, just to be like, hey, this effect right here, we thought it could be a tiny little bit better uh, and not break anything. And I don't think that's a problem. I I, I just don't. Right. Well, it's hard, too, because, yeah, even the thing I was thinking about is printed at rare. You are right. I'm like trying to think, I mean, what was the last thing printed at, at less than rare that really cost an outrage veil uh, of summer? Yeah, probably. Is that less than rare? Yeah, I, I think it it's rare. No, I'm pretty sure it's uncommon because it was a $7 okay. uncommon in pack. Yeah. $7 uncommon. My example, because I'm ancient was going to be Rancor, uh, <laughs> which is a green aura for one mana that uh, gives a creature plus two plus zero and trample. And then when uh, it goes to the graveyard, it returns to your hand. It's the God... one from you. What? I'm saying it's these goddamn one mana green spells. <laughs> yeah. Green auras. That's what everybody's worried about. But no, seriously, like that's the last like common. I remember that people were actually kind of up in arms about. They're like, Hey, this is breaking stuff. Yeah. And that was an Urza's block. Uh, where people should have and uh, been worried about other stuff. And, and Veil of Summer immediately. Veil of Summer is significantly better than that. Agreed. I mean, one green for an instant, first of all. Uh, second. Let's be honest. It's a one. It's a one mana green counter spell. That's what Veil of Summer is. It's a one mana green counter spell that also draws you a card. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's insane, right? Jeez. Um, I was <laughs> thinking the one I was thinking that was a rare was once upon a time, but that is a rare. There you go. But that's also yeah. talk about creep there. That's so uh, I think uh, we've reorganized the podcast here. Usually it's me being like on one side and Matt being on the other and Kyle being in the middle. I think we've, uh, we've reorganized this week, probably because of our positivity last week. It seems like Matt's in the camp of like power creep is raw and Kyle's uh, like, it's not that bad. And I'm kind of in the middle at this point, which I think is an okay way to be. Uh, it is a problem. I think that anyone that looks at card prices or doesn't just go printer goes burr, uh, probably feels that way. But I, I also think it can be done in a way that is healthy for the game. If it's approached with 
some thought and is not just a money grab. I will say, I sent just bringing up once upon a time, I haven't read this in a long time. I'm actually really okay with this power creep because it is so flavorful and actually really interesting. The fact that it's, if it's the first spell you've cast this game, you may cast it without paying its mana cost because it's like you're starting the game by saying once upon a time, which just clicked in my head because I'm that dumb. Uh, uh, It's a flavor win. It's a super huge flavor win. It's also cool because they did this right. It's just a, it's like a game zero effect, but not, or not a game, a turn zero effect, but kind of not really. I think it is very interesting. And the fact of the matter is, is if that text wasn't on it, it would be the most basic, simple spell ever. You know, they printed a thousand of these types of look at the top five cards of your library, you know? And here's the thing. I don't play 60 cards, so I was barely aware of this card mm-hmm. at, at all. Because in Commander, it's just, why would you even play it, you know? Yeah, well, if you can't... There's the, the one the, in ninety eight chance you get it. In yeah, your hand. yeah, exactly. Statistically, it's not going to be any good to you. Yeah. Whereas in sixty card, you're like, no, I play four of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun I think stuff. that's a, a a good point to transition to talking about personal expectation power creep. And I know we kind of already talked about this. Doug is okay with little changes coming. You know, they increase the power of like low impact cards, stuff like that. But overall. And, you know, this can directly tie back right into price to that discussion we just had again. But I think people's expectations for each set is that, oh, you know, Ixalan's coming out. We're going to get, you know, along with the sweet dinosaurs and vampire conquistadors, going to get some, you know, handful of cards that are going to absolutely change my meta. And I need to get those now. Is that, do you guys think that's something that's, you know, definitely here and normal? Or is that something that is just in my head? Matt, are you ready for me to totally turn the tables here and also throw them at the same time? The turntables. Y'all are the problem, okay? I cannot stress this enough. We have people constantly lighting up social media, being like, this power creep is ridiculous, I can't believe they do this, and then literally any time Wizards makes a set that is just fair people immediately rip it up one side and down the other. Like, this set is trash. Why would anyone buy this? What the heck is it? People are the problem. You can't have a fair set if people are only want their chase mythics that are going to be the thing that breaks whatever format it is that they play. So, yeah, y'all deserve this. You're asking for it. You're asking for it with your wallets. And you're the problem. Until it's internet outrage. <laughs> I mean, I'm over here. I'm kind of mad. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like this, this always comes up. You, you just, you always see the internet be like, oh, I can't believe they're, they're making this better and this better. And you know, what happened to magic and all that? And then in the very same breath, the next set comes out and it's just fair. And people are like, this is the end of the world. Nobody buy this set. And it's, it's ridiculous. So what uh, I see most often from this group is outrage over how good you know card xyz is that just got leaked or whatever it's going to totally change you know modern's ruined legacy's going downhill there's you know watsi's killing the game and then the second those people open it in like a limited environment or they buy six booster boxes and get their play set out of it they're fully on board with how powerful that card is yep and it's definitely like i'm not going to tell you how to live your lives and you have to pick one but like Stop being outraged where I have to see. I mean, actually don't because I love reading your comments on Facebook and Reddit. It's hilarious, but like 
You know, you're, you're not giving yourself a good look there, buddy. I actually take everything back, guys. Uh, I just looked up the standard meta right now, and the top deck in the standard meta, by a decent percentage, is less than $100. So we were wrong. Let's pack up our bags. No, no. I think it's more because no one plays standard anymore. Yeah, okay, so there is that. Because uh, no one cares about standard prices in paper because no one plays standard in paper. But I firmly believe that the reason no one plays standard in paper is because the cheapest decks are $100. They should be 20 not not like the tier one deck, just a competitive deck and standard. I mean, I was pretty happy. And the top if deck is want, less than $100, but the next one is $500. <laughs> exactly. If you want 10, 15-year-old kids to be able to play this game, $100 is not the entry point. It's just not. I don't. That's the end of that sentence. <laughs> I, I also see the top deck as the $434 deck. So Ooh. No, the top deck is red deck wins, $65. It's only it's less than eleven percent of the meta. It's nine percent of the meta. The next one down is six point eight. Golgari mid range is fourteen point three. No, it's six point eight. I'm looking at it right now. So am Man, I. You guys are saying some numbers right now. What what site are you on? MTG Goldfish. Oh, I'm on MTG yeah. Deck Stats. Mm, mm-hmm, well, which mm-hmm. one's more credible? Can you guys give us the binary so we can get some more numbers <laughs> in here on what those two uh, URLs are? I don't know. I don't trust goldfishes. What do they know about <laughs> magic? Oh, wow. <laughs> Matt, Matt is posting screenshots in the chat. This is this has officially gone out of control. Yeah, right. I thought for sure it would have been Esper midrange anyways, but it's not. That's number four, apparently. See, an Esper midrange is like anything. sixth on this one. I don't know. Matt photoshopped yeah, I trust that. Saffron Olive. I don't. He only plays budget decks. That's what you think. <laughs> so, okay. So, so to, to go with Matt's screenshot here, which as I understand is horrendously wrong, according to Kyle, uh, what I'm seeing for the current standard decks right now uh, is a total price of $434, $79, $345, $498, and $372. Uh, I believe that my point is made. Also, yep. why in the hell would anyone ever play this format ever when you could buy all that and all the cards in it are going to be trash in the garbage bin a month from now? Here's or and also, six months from now or a year from now or whatever the heck it is. I don't know. Now, here's my thing with it. One, yes, you're correct. Uh, standard should and does live on Arena, and that's how it should be. Ooh. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, that's really how it should be. I, I think that at this point... It's being a rotating format like it is, I think, was the death of it. I think that, that, that it just was inevitable. Like you just said, if the cards in two, three, however many years they want are just going to go into the trash or going to be worthless, why play it in a digital format where it's way cheaper? But there, there was a decade of standard rotating and being fine when cards were cheap. So the issue is the price more than the rotation. Yeah, but yeah, and, was and price ever standard. as cheap as Doug said it should be? Uh, it, I mean, it should be. Yes, it was, but not for the top decks. So, so the answer is kinda, mm. honestly. But they were at least an option. And you're, you, the, the mono red aggro is there, and eighty dollars is a lot less than four hundred dollars. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying that it would be nice if those numbers were twenty dollars and a hundred dollars. That's that's all I'm really trying to say here. But I'm also kind of full of crap because these prices of these cards are not going to change like they used to anymore because standard does not drive paper magic's prices anymore. Commander does. 
So actually, now if you buy a $400 standard deck, you kind of are going to keep your value because those cards are good in standard and commander for the most part. Sure. Like I'm looking at Golgari midrange right now, <clears throat> and on it is the Dread Moss Knight guy from New Woe, and that guy's good. There's just no question of that. Yeah, He's going to be good in commander. He's going to be good in that. I also see the Fairy Vandal dude that the Children. World Championship made, and I see a Shieldred. All those cards are good in standard, and they're also good in commander. It's true. This is true. $283 of Shieldred. But anyways, aside from people complaining about power creep and then jumping on that bandwagon when the set releases and just fully buying into it. I would say on most levels, you know, as long as we're seeing sales being driven like this and profits being driven and wizards being, you know, manipulated by Hasbro and being a a happy fat little puppet growing on all the profits. It's something that's going to be here regardless of what everybody says. Right. I absolutely think that's true. Yes. I changed my mind. The prices are fine. I don't want to play against kids. (laughs) I mean, you're playing arena. You just don't see the kids. That's fine. As long as they right. can't talk Kyle to me. Kyle children, and we're done talking about this. I think, I think we're good. Ah, it was a good episode. Right. I had to get to negativity somehow. <laughs> no, I think Anyways. everything's fine. I think everything's fine. I think power creep's fine. Prices are fine. Everything's fine. Give Watsy more money. Stop complaining, everyone. Except for if you're complaining about the set not being good enough. <laughs> this is fine. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sets better. <laughs> More dinosaurs and vampire conquistadors in every as set. Wearing, as long as they're wearing the one ring, yeah. I'm Obviously. calling it now. Outlaws of Thunder Junctions, Cowboys on T-Rexes. Dude, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Ixalan. I'm excited that I'm going to MTG Vegas this weekend. Uh, let's end the episode. Have fun. I wish I could see you. Well, come to Vegas and you can. No. It's got two beds there, Kyle. You know what I'm saying? Like two beds. Weird. Anyways, make sure to check out the link down below in the description to our link tree. All our socials are there. Join our Discord. Have a discussion with us. Tell us why you think Power Creep is good or bad or why we're complete idiots. I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And I'm Doug. And we're the Casual Tutors. Thanks for listening. Once upon a time outro. Power Creep's good.